0: Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Olivia's Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Breitkopf. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about a topic uh, about which I know a little, but not a lot. Uh, We were talking about uh, financial aid and the FAFSA. And so I decided to bring back an expert uh, guest who knows a lot about this. Hi, this is Leanne Schwartz. How you doing? I'm
1: great. Thanks, Jim.
0: So once again, for our listeners, and just in case uh, it's been a while since your last episode, folks haven't uh, heard heard you uh, in a little while, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, I've been uh, doing college uh, admissions work in some form, one or another, for about 10, 12 years. Uh, Most recently, I was at a a university in Boston doing pre-college programs. Uh, So what that entailed was working with a a pretty wide range of student population, high school kids, uh, as well as through um, adult learners, uh, preparing the students for anything college application, whether that be essays, anything financial aid-wise, FAFSA, or any sort of kind of college exploration processes. Um, I did that until about two years ago when I started actually here doing some part-time work with Chiton as the college counselor. Um, that, that brings us up to the present day.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. So I wanted to bring you on for this because you talked about um, your experience with this and what I want to talk about is I, I I'm really concerned, especially given the time of year, and some of these are going to be topical, some of them are not going to be with what's going on in the calendar, but uh, throughout the year, a lot of people are always concerned with financial aid in the college application process, and I wanted to start with something where I get a lot of questions that I can't always answer when parents or students, or even sometimes educators ask me, which is about the FAFSA. First off, what is the FAFSA?
1: FAFSA stands for the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Um, So it is the form basically that you fill out uh, through the fafsa.gov make sure it's .gov the .org or .com one has a fee associated that's not the right one Um, so it's basically the form that you fill out to see if you qualify for student aid in two different pots of money basically which are student grants or
0: student loans okay so fafsa is not having to do with scholarships? No. Okay. So why, why does the federal thing matter? What is this thing with the federal thing? Why does the federal government matter in this?
1: Uh, so it matters because, probably mostly because of interest rates. The government sets the interest rate uh, for the loan. So it doesn't have anything to do with the student or the parent student um, credit score. So you and I and everyone down the street would qualify for the exact same um interest rate for a loan for student aid.
0: Okay, I'm going to come back to loans in a little bit. Loans are obviously a very uh, emotionally fraught topic. Sure. Um, I want to talk more about the grants. Sure. I think this is an area where a lot of parents, students, and even educators get confused, where in their mind they confuse grants and scholarships. So what is a grant?
1: Grant is the money that you do not pay back. Okay. To sum it up uh, as succinctly as possible. Uh, The grant is based off of your... Um, it's, it's actually called the EFC number, which is the Estimated Family Contribution Number. So the government looks at uh, your tax info and determines what the family can contribute to the student's um, uh, financial path for school. So de- depending on what, how, basically how much you make is determined on what the Uh, federal government then will kick in for a grant so there's a threshold basically Mm -hmm. if you make more than what the government says is the threshold you will qualify for zero dollars for federal grants if you make under that you um basically can qualify for different amounts um whatever the maximum grant is and i actually um I don't know what the max is this year. It probably crept up a couple bucks. It usually goes up between like 100 to 200 bucks a year. Um, so it's probably close to 6,000 for grant. It's usually not enough anyways to cover a full tuition, but right. it is definitely a help whatever you get.
0: So this, this, this grant is federal money? Correct. So the federal government has a program that does this? Correct. Oh, okay. So how, how long has this been a thing?
1: Um, I don't know when FAFSA started. I'm sure as long as I've been around um, and going to school and things like that, you probably had FAFSA. Yeah, so, I did.
0: I, I'm playing dumb a little bit, just <laughs> just because. Sixties. I, I, th- I think at least it started in the late '40s, actually. The okay. first, not the not the FAFSA, but the the, the grants themselves, the Pell Grant, and whatnot. But uh, I'm playing I'm playing dumb a little bit just because I'm not an expert at this. I know a little bit, but I know you know more, so I really want. To, to let you answer the questions because um, I know I'm going to learn something because you know more than I do about this. Um, so just to confirm, the grants are, financially, are financial need-based.
1: Yes, they're based off of, again, your 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 contribution. Your, they're based off your taxes, really. They look at your taxes. And so straight. this
0: has nothing to do with a particular school, though. No. So you could qualify for this 6000 or $6,100, whatever it is, grant, regardless of what school you end up going to. Correct. And this money is not given to you. This is money paid by the federal government to whatever college you choose to go to.
1: Yep, it goes to the school directly. If 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 the school receives more than they need, then you would be cut a check from the school then. Okay. Um, but yes, the school receives it directly. So you, it's not like they sent you a check and then that you write the school a check. It doesn't right. work like that. So
0: this is money that the federal government uh, sets aside, most likely raised through taxes. Sure. Uh, for... Um, a fund that will help pay for college for a wide variety of students. Yes. Um, have you worked with students who've received Pell Grants or yes. other federal grants? Yes. All right, so what does that process look like for them?
1: So it's pretty simple. I mean, it's when you fill out the FAFSA, it asks you one of the first couple questions after some of the demographic stuff. It asks you, are you applying for loans and grants or just grants? So that's what it looks like. You basically check off one of those two uh, questions you fill out all the uh, material and all the requirements it's asking um, depending on the student status it's just the student info or more than likely with the population that we work with uh, there's going to be a, a whole uh, section for parent info as well um, the student then receives what's called a student aid report and from that you can actually see what your EFC number is and uh, that's the number that the grant money is based off of. Hmm. Um, And if you do receive the grant, then again, um, whatever school you choose receives the grant money. So again, in the FAFSA too, when you fill it out, you enter in the schools by codes. Um, Each school has an assigned code uh, that you would be um, basically allowing that school then to see your FAFSA info, and then if you are choosing that school, then to receive that. that
0: so phone. these are these are the schools you're applying to? Yes. So, so you're, you're telling the, the grant organization at the federal government, these are the schools I'm applying to, one of them is probably going to accept me, I'm probably going to go to one of them. Yes. And if you don't go to college, the money doesn't go anywhere. Correct. All right, so the money's like wasted or lost. Right. So the grant, you said it was about $6,000, that's for your total four years or per year? Per year. Now, do you have to reapply every year or you just get that grant? That's your grant for four years, you get $6,000 a year, you're good to go. Reapply. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean, I know that, right? Again, I'm playing dumb. Uh, I ha- remember filling out the FAFSA every year, not just for undergrad, but then graduate school yep. and all that sort of stuff. So it's the same process when you're a graduate student, once you finish college. So that's what grants are. Grants are financial aid. They're financial aid, they're income based, they're family income based, uh, they're need based. If you're uh, from an incredibly wealthy family, your parent is a star in the NBA, or a CEO, or a famous actor, or an inventor, and there are gajillionaires, you're not getting any of these grants. That's right. Yeah. right. And so Pell Grants, or other grants, they might have different names, you don't pay them back. Correct. For your money. All right. Let's now flip the script a little. You said there was a button. You could click grant only, or grant and scholarship. Grant loans. Uh, loans, I mean. Grants yep. and loans. Thank you for correcting me there. Uh, w- what are loans?
1: So the loans are just what they sound like you obviously you're gonna be paying them back um, through the FAFSA those again are the ones that have a set interest rate um, there's two types of loan through the FAFSA there's unsubsidized and subsidized um, depending on what you qualify for is more more likely than not you end up having both types of loans um, the uh-huh. subsidized is um, The type of loan where you're not accruing interest while the student is in school. Mm. The unsubsidized does accrue. So you end up paying, obviously, a little bit more than what the loan originally Mm. started as.
0: So loans, obviously, are money you borrow. Where are we borrowing this money from if we're taking out a loan? Uh,
1: The lenders from the FAFSA are um, already set. So it's not like a private lender. You don't choose your lender. But it's a
0: bank. Yeah. So the federal government is kind of assigning person and bank. It's like a matchmaking. Um,
1: that's a good question. I believe it's just one lender. So it's the lender that the government uses for these types of loans. Okay.
0: All right. Well, I mean, just a little bit additional information. There, There's um, the loan management companies that we've all been yelling and screaming about, which is Sally Mae mostly, yep. which is uh, a nonprofit corporation – owned and operated by the government who manages your loans and they're the people you yell and scream at when you write the check but they actually they're not the originator of the money it's dozens of different small banks and they're removed from the people so that they can't take advantage of them but that's okay Sally Mayer is there to take advantage of you (laughs) Um, I don't like Sally Mayer she's not a friend of mine she's not a real person by the way she is uh, SLM is the name of the non-government non-profit corporation that the government runs so, so that's one thing I did know that on, the, on that more um, businessy side.
1: Yeah, that's thank you, I appreciate it.
0: So, yeah, so that, so basically, it's any number of banks who will randomly be selected, and you don't know which bank. So that way, they don't know you. It's the government is kind of managing that, so it's more fair. So everybody gets, as you said earlier, the same interest rate, the same treatment, uh, all bad, the, the same experience with their loans. What are the benefits of taking out loans?
1: Um. Well, uh, the obvious benefits, if you can't afford school, you know, you don't, you're not that MBA star's kid, um, so it's a way to pay for school without burdening yourself while you're in school. It actually does, if you're diligent about paying them back, it really does help your credit score, which is a pretty meaningful thing for someone that's 18 that has no credit. Um, so by the time you're 28 and probably have almost paid them off. Uh, <laughs> you're funny. You may have uh, built some credit um and again because it's kind of governed through the the federal government the interest rate is set to usually a pretty low mark so that you're not getting gouged at least on on the interest so those are advantageous points that um, the fafsa allows for the students that need to take loans out for school
0: okay so we've talked about two things that you can get through the fafsa um, let's say you're going to apply to college and you know that you're going to get a scholarship from that school. Sure. So you don't need to fill out FAFSA, right? Uh,
1: if, if you're that confident.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I set that up uh, as, as a softball for you. Of course, I think you, you should fill out FAFSA no matter what.
1: So the great thing about FAFSA is until you mm-hmm. actually are in class until you actually sit in a classroom you're not responsible for that loan it's not that you're going to have anything to pay back you can basically cut ties with it so you don't owe the 40 grand that you have a loan on until you actually go to school so fill out the fafsa see what you qualify for if you decide you don't want what they offer you then you don't need to take it so yes i would agree with you to fill it out
0: okay so grants and loans are applied or through the FAFsa they are independent of whatever schools you're applying to and uh, you know they, they'll you'll be able to use them at any school at which point you're all done with financial aid documents is that is that correct um no <laughs> oh, I know I, I set you up for another softball all right tell us about it what other financial aid documents do I need to fill out uh,
1: another More common one, uh, CSS profile is going to come up through a lot of through the college board where it's asking for more um, personal info, not just tax stuff, but more like savings and other sort of Hmm. equity that you may have um, built up. Again, more parent-relatable.
0: What what is the CSS profile for?
1: For the schools, for their um, sort of internal funding. So if Ah. College X has, you know, the President's Scholarship, um, they'll look at, and, and if it's need-based, um, they'll look th- at, through this profile, your sort of f- kind of financial status.
0: So so schools' own financial aid departments have need-based scholarships that are unique to those schools? Yes. Okay. And so that's how you would apply for that the CSS profile?
1: Most schools want you to fill out the CSS profile okay. so that they can um, assess you in, in for their...
0: Institutional aid. Then, would schools have their own financial aid form as part of the application in addition to that?
1: It depends. So, that's where it becomes a little bit arduous. Some schools um, have an, a separate internal form, some schools have the CSS profile, some schools have the CSS profile. Plus, if you have some sort of, um, you know, something that's a little bit less ordinary, you have to fill out something unique to the school every every school is a little different some of them how you submit it is different than you know school x versus school y so hmm. um, that's where having you know your list of schools kind of created is helpful so that then we can take a look at the list of schools and to see what any sort of weird financial requirements come from those schools
0: so let me wrap this my head around this so we start out with the FAFSA and Let's say we have great financial needs, so we're gonna apply for it and we're gonna get that $6,000 grants for our student. Then they're gonna say, okay, the school costs $60,000 a year, so therefore, based on your need, you're gonna get $6,000. We figure you could probably pay $4,000 a year, so we're gonna recommend, we're gonna make available to you $50,000 a year in loans. That sounds terrible. But then this is before you've even applied to individual schools and sending on those applications and filled out the CSS profile or any school's individual financial aid form with their need-based scholarship so maybe you get $20,000 in a need-based scholarship from U- the University of X. Right. And so now instead of expected parent contribution of $4,000 a grant from the federal government from 6 and 50,000 in loans, now maybe it looks more like $6,000 grant, 4,000 parent 25000 in school-based need scholarship and then maybe a $25,000 loan. Is that kind of how it works, where the loan amount goes down the more scholarships you pick up?
1: Yeah, well, the loan amounts, too, are capped through the FAFSA, so you won't, you can only get so much in a, in a loan. Um, so, yeah, depending on wh- where, I guess, your institutional aid kicks in, then your, your loan amounts go down.
0: So by picking up more scholarships, you can reduce your loan burden?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So in addition to... Um, scholarships through the university based on need do universities have other scholarships
1: sure merit-based um and some of them have both and tell you you know give us all this info so we can see if it's need-based or merit-based and others just do one or the other Um, so merit-based would be obviously what it sounds like based off of sort of what you bring to the table as a student
0: so you can, you can, if you can get both, that can, again, reduce whatever loan burden you have and make paying for college less arduous. Now, again, you're not an expert in this. I do have another person I want to talk to about this who is more of an expert about this process. But there are also outside scholarships. Yes. Scholarships outside of the school through scholarship granting organizations, through uh, private corporations that have corporate scholarships, through your local PTO and other local organizations with micro scholarships. So we're going to talk about that in the future in another episode uh, with somebody who's a real expert on that process. Um, Of course, you know I'm talking with Leanne because she's an expert in the FAFSA. And this tells you how complicated it is that you could be an expert in only one part of the paying for college process. That's how complicated it is. Um, So I know you're not an expert in in scholarships, but is there anything in your experience with whom you've worked that you wanted to say about scholarships?
1: Um, A couple things, I guess, for scholarships is there are giant um, search engines that is a great jumping off point. You know, you can actually put in your criteria and see what matches with what, again, you have. So if you're... Um, A female student in STEM, there are scholarships that are specific for females in STEM rather Mm. than if you're a female that wants to study English. Mm -hmm. So those kind of search engines for scholarships are great because they can kind of match the type of scholarships that are out there to what you're offering. Um, In addition, just locally, depending on where you work or even where your parents work, there may be some small scholarships offered through um, the the businesses and companies that are in the area, um, and they're not typically large scholarships, but any penny counts. Yeah. Um, so they're usually between a you know a couple hundred to a thousand dollars. So I've had a, a couple students that have had success with that because they have um, pursued scholarships through their just part time work. So they are the the corporation sort of already knows them because right. they've been working there for x amount of years.
0: Right. Hmm. So before we wrap up, anything else you wanted to say about FAFSA, the FAFSA application process, or its place in the college application process?
1: I would say it's not as scary as it sounds.
0: Because it does sound scary to me.
1: Yeah. The, um, the actual FAFSA is, is, not, is not so bad. Um, there's a lot of prompts on the FAFSA that tell you where to go on your taxes. Hey, look at line 41 and fill in the number here. Okay. Um, so it, it is uh, pretty self-explanatory once you get going with it. Um, and you can always save it and continue later. So if you have a question, you can always ask someone. You can always call. Um, so there's, it's never that you filled it in and it's submitted and it's now in cyberspace and everyone's looking at it your information. So you can always save it, wrap it up, and go back in once you have the, the knowledge you need.
0: So two things I want to mention before we, we break, cause that you, what I want to talk about that you mentioned I should say, is you keep talking about it on the computer. I When I filled out the FAFSA, every time I filled it out, it was a paper, paper document. Yeah, me too. So nowadays, all of your students do it on, on the computer? Yes. Okay. And the other thing is, you said, you know, it's going to prompt you to look at line 41 in your taxes. So mom and dad should have their 1040 their tax forms handy for this process yep.
1: and again when you log on when you start creating just even the account it'll tell you to have you know it'll ask you what school year you're applying for and then it'll tell you then what tax year you should be looking at right so again it, it prompts you to basically tells you exactly what to do
0: so if you're a, a parent or, or you're an educator who wor- or who works with or has uh, students in a, in a low-income environment or a socio-economic bracket that uh, the, the Access to computers is limited. There may not be a computer in the home. Uh, Remember, every public library has computers and they have staff. Uh, Librarians are the greatest natural resource. Uh, We grow them in a field here in in New England and send them out across the country. That is not at all true. It's just I like to think so because it's New England. Um, But librarians are the greatest natural resource we have here in the United States. So librarians are super knowledgeable about this and they are really ready to help you set up yourself on a computer. Uh, I've talked to librarians who while not experts in uh, college admissions, um, know a lot about FAFSA and other forms. So you can use that and also a lot of your schools, if you're in a high school, you, know, you can go in early, stay after school, ask for help there. Most high schools today have computer labs, even in environments where there's a lower income or less uh, economically developed or less economically resourced. Uh, so if you don't have a computer at home, you can still do this, There are resources available to you. So uh, thank you so much, Leanne, for being on the podcast again. I really appreciate. it I've learned a lot, actually. Thanks, Jason. Uh, and I also had to show off a little bit of mine. Yeah, I learned too. Yeah, it was great. Just because the whole bank side, I had a friend who explained it to me. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please remember to heart, star, fave, thumb up, whatever your podcast listening app of choice lets you do. Hit that share sheet. Share the episode with all your friends and family and your enemies, if you have any. You know, let them know that you're super smart by sharing this podcast with them. Uh, if you share with them and they listen, it counts for us in our numbers. So we love it when you share. And And please remember to subscribe. That way you get podcasts downloaded to your phone or other uh, device right away so you have it ready for your commute, your drive, you know, sitting on the subway listening with your AirPods and whatnot. And if you have any questions or concerns, you can always hit us up on our Twitter feed, at LiviusPod. That way if you have questions, we can answer them. If we get enough really good questions, we can do a whole episode about that. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for listening. And as always, let's keep learning.